the power in that name. For whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. Power in that name. I'm going to ask you this. Not if you feel or you think or you hope or you aspire, but if you know because you've lived it that there is power in that name. I want you to give them the kind of praise that lets them know that you know. Somebody praise like you know. Worship like you know. Rejoice like you know. There is power in that name. Oh, wow. High five your neighbor. Tell them there is power in that name. There is power in that name. You may be seated. You may be seated. Somebody say more. Somebody say more. I'm going to speak to you on the subject matter of more grounded. More grounded. We are breaking down the narrative of Acts chapter 9, the life of Saul, his encounter with Jesus. This encounter changed the world. There are encounters that literally transform the world. No exaggeration. This moment in history literally changed the world. How much did it change the world? Do me a favor and look around you right now. You wouldn't be here, arguably, in this auditorium if this moment would not have taken place. This is the beginning of the gospel reaching the Gentiles. The Gentile is a fancy biblical word for non-Jews. This is the moment. One man had an encounter with God, all because God wanted more of him more from him, to do more through him, more grounded, Acts chapter 9. Saul was uttering threats of every breath. He was eager to kill the Lord's followers. He went to the high priest. He requested letters suggested to synagogues in Damascus. This guy was en route to Damascus, asking for the cooperation in the arrest of any of the followers of the way, capital W. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. Oh, wow. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? My prayerful declaration is that this will be a summer of more. Somebody say more. More of God's presence, more of God's power. More God ideas. How many need? How many y'all need God to put an idea in your mind that'll change your life? How many believe God can give you ideas? Have you ever had a moment where you were just like, all of a sudden, bam? Where did that come from? Right? God ideas. More of God's. More of the Father's love. More of the Son's freedom. More of the Spirit's power. More Holy Spirit inspired creativity, ingenuity, innovation. More of God. More from God. More for God. There must be more. So if you want more, then this Saul encounter provides a biblical hack that will change your life. I want to review from last week real quick if you weren't here. More of God's demands, less of your way. Our opinions, our feelings, our plans and desires must surrender to God's word, will, and way. God's plan for you is greater than your opinion regarding your own life. Matthew 6.10, thine will be done. More of God ignites the light that makes all darkness fall. What does that mean? Remember last week? The light showed up, darkness fell. Hey, stop wasting your time in trying to get rid of the darkness. I'm going to say that one more time. Stop wasting your time in trying to get rid of the darkness in your life. Or we, we waste a lot of time in trying to get darkness out of the people that, that, that surround. When we love people, we hate to see them bound by darkness. So many of us exert an incredible amount of energy trying to get the darkness out for women. No, your job is not to get rid of the darkness. Your job is to turn on the light. Because every single time you turn on the light, darkness has to flee. John chapter 1 verse 5. In other words, turn Jesus on. 
in your faith, in your family, in your finances, in your health, in your mind, and in your calling, and every vestige of darkness will fall. Number three, more of God requires grounded conversations. We found that out last week. He had a conversation with God when he fell. Some of the best conversations with heaven take place when you're going through hell. I'll repeat that. Some of the best conversations with God take place not when you're on your feet, but rather when you are on your face. More of God requires you to make room for holy disruptions. Here it is. He fell to the ground and heard a voice. Now, just like with Saul, the creator of the universe, the architect of life, the sustainer of eternal truth, the one that created you has a plan for you. And he will interrupt your now in order to secure your next. I want to put this in perspective. This guy was en route to Damascus. He was en route to Damascus. He had acquaintance. So last minute, couldn't find anybody else. So I said, I said, might as well go in. I could have gone to Screen Actors Guild, but couldn't find anyone there. And it's just, uh, always wanted to be in movies and productions and all that. And it was just, uh, so this, this is called creativity, right? So he was en route to Damascus or a Threadmill or a Peloton, whatever it is. He, it was better in your head than it was in actual life. And he was en route when all of a sudden Jesus shows up and interrupts his journey. I have a question for you. Did Jesus ask him permission to show up? No. Did Jesus slide him a DM to show up? No. Anyone over 60? What I just said regarding sliding a DM. All right, do you know department DMV? Nothing to do with that. So did, did, Jesus didn't ask permission. Jesus didn't go, hey, I'm going to text you, man. I'm going to show up. Jesus just showed up. I'm here to tell you God doesn't need your permission to show up suddenly in your life or in the life of the people you love. The God that we serve has the power to show up with or without your permission. And he interrupted this man's journey. He inter and it looked like this. Ready? Spotlight. It looked like this. Bam. He shows up. The light shines. And he fell completely to the ground. He was grounded. The light shows up, spotlight, he was grounded. Interrupted. This is called a divine interruption, a holy disruption. I don't know about you, San Rodriguez, we all have a Damascus. We were all en route somewhere. I was en route to what? A computer engineering career with IBM. When God suddenly disrupted my plan, did this to me, and said, I'm going to interrupt your plan. I'm going to interrupt, I'm going to interrupt this program. And when I was growing up, they don't do this nowadays too much. When I was growing up, there would be television programs that would, have, that would be interrupted. We interrupt this program. If you remember that, raise your hand. You just aged yourself. You did. Like millennials are going like, what just happened? That's never happened in my life. We would be watching anything. We interrupt this program for a special announcement, for a special message from the president, for this, for that. We interrupt this program. Some, his program was interrupted. I am grateful that God interrupted Sam's program. How many are grateful now that God showed up in your life and interrupted your life? How many of you here were en route somewhere and God said, I'm not even asking you permission. I'm going to show up right here in your life. I'm going to interrupt your plan because the plan I have for you is greater than the plan you have for yourself. How, how many wouldn't even be here right now if God would not have interrupted your plan? How many are grateful that he did? How many were a bit confused when he did it and you were asking questions like, what in the world's going on? But now you look back and you're grateful to God that he showed up when he showed up. How many can come in agreement that the same God that did it for him, did it for you, will do it for the people you love in your life? All right, here's one more question. 
How many believe that the God that interrupts and disrupts, holy disruption, divine interruption, how many believe that God can do it sooner than later in the people you love? <laughs> All right, let me give you a verse. Take a screenshot of this verse. You need to take it. This is your summer verse. Here it is. Isaiah 46, verse 13. Here it is. This is the word of the Lord for you. I am ready to set things right in your life. Not in the distant future. This should prompt at least two hallelujahs and a glory to God. Even if you're charismatic or automatic, this should still prompt a hallelujah. I'm ready to set things right. Not in the distant future. I'm going to do it right now. This How many believe God is the God of the right now? Imagine God putting everything in order in your life like this. He did it for him. More grounded. More grounded requires you to make room for holy disruptions. Let's make a prayerful declaration. Let's just do it. Raise your right hand. Repeat after me. In my family. In my faith. In my home. In my health. In my atmosphere. In my activities. I'm ready for divine interruptions. I am ready for a holy disruption that will change my life forevermore. Oh, by the way, not next week, not next month, not next year, but right now. If you believe that, give God a right now praise if you actually believe what you said. More of God will ground you, connecting you to the source. A light from heaven suddenly shone down around him and he fell to the ground. Jesus shows up and what happened? Saul fell. He fell. Cause and effect. Causation. Saul of Tarsus fell. Saul the Pharisee fell. Saul the persecutor fell. Why? Because the light of Christ. The light overwhelmed him. The light overpowered him. The light overtook him. He fell. He collapsed. He surrendered. Why did he fall? Why, why, why? This is, we're gonna, um, this, is, this is the most nerdy preaching we've ever done here. So get ready for this. Why did he, this is light grounded. Light grounded. Light grounded. There are certain laws in the universe. John Locke would call it natural law and the philosophers of the enlightenment, the age of reason. But it's, it's, it's God's fault. Let me explain. In the last two weeks, there are images coming from the Webb telescope. The Webb telescope is one million miles away from Earth right now. It's in an orbital perch. It is amazing. This are, these are the images that we are capturing We've never seen this before. If you're a nerd or if you, if you failed science, you're probably twitching right now. You're probably going, no, no, flashback, flashback, flashback. Hold, hold on. You're, you're going to get this in a second, I promise. Look at this image. This is the image. This is, look at the image of galaxies hundreds of millions of miles away, light years away. Look at the beauty, the design. It's truly remarkable. The, the, the telescope, it's, I love it, nearly one mile away, it's astrophysics. I'm, I'm going through Google searching with the commentaries, not Christian commentaries, but the secular, the top leading minds regarding the universe, the astrophysics of the world. And I love just the reality that they are all, they are referencing this amazing intricacy of the mind. I have to explain this. The laws that govern here on earth, the same laws of physics have been confirmed even via the conduit of the Webb telescope. The same laws that apply here apply for the entire rest of the universe. I don't know if you know what that means. The same laws, the same principles, the same ingredients. All right, it would be equivalent if I go to all of your houses and they all look the same. The inside, there are the same dishes in the same cabinets the same food in the pantry with the same flat screen TV in the same place in front of the same sofa from Ikea that took you three months to build. Four months to build. I threw mine away because I couldn't build it. And, and I'm a nerd and I went, this is diabolical. 
This is, there's nothing righteous about Ikea furniture and the instructions. I think it's the devil trying to test us. And I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I'd rather pay a million dollars and have somebody else build it than spend six months of my life trying to interpret little things. And there's always a screw missing. There's always a nut missing. And they do it on purpose. Oh, back to the story. Every single thing in the universe is the same. And all these astrophysicists went, oh, goodness, we can confirm the same laws apply here all throughout the entire universe. Like if one person created the laws and put everything together, it is perfect. Oh, and, and I even read of an astrophysicist who went, I used to be an atheist until, until, I, now, now look, watch this. This is beautiful. This has to do with this. You'll get it in a second. There are three substances in the universe. Google it. Three substances, normal matter, dark matter, dark energy. Normal matter is the stuff that we see in the universe, the visible universe. You know what Harvard calls dark matter and dark energy? An invisible, unexplainable, undefinable force that somehow beyond our ability to explain continues to push the universe towards acceleration. <laughs> Let me explain that. The smartest people on the planet say that there's an invisible force out there that continues to expand the universe. They can't explain what it is. They know it's real because they can measure it. They can see it. They go, we can't explain it. It shouldn't be this way because gravitational pull from one big mass to another should prompt things to be going like this. And instead of things going like this, the universe is going like this. And they're asking, what is this invisible force? I'm going to give you the definition. It says, dark energy, it meanwhile, is the name we give the mysterious influence driving the accelerated expansion of the universe. What in the world is that force? What is that force? I'm going to explain to you what that force is. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning. I'm going to lay this out for you. Using science, not what you read. I'm using science now. The universe, 13.7 or 0.8 billion years of age. It continues to expand. Continues to expand. Why does it continue to grow when it shouldn't be growing? Because in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then things were dark. And then God said one time, that's it. That's your answer. He said one time, he gave one word, one time, and he never said, turn the light off. The moment he said, let there be light, 14 billion years ago, that thing is still growing. And the word is still... I don't know if you get this, but you will. When God releases a word, that word doesn't die the moment he releases it. If God gave you a word 10 years ago, 5 years ago, 20 years ago, 40 years ago, that word is still bearing fruit. If you believe it, praise like you actually believe it. I don't know if you understand what this means. Every word God has ever placed upon you. If God ever gave you a word, raise one hand. If you have a promise from heaven, be it through his word, through his spirit, through a service where God gave you a word, through your prayer time where God gave you a word, raise both hands. If there are so many words that you can fill up luggages filled with the umpteenth number of words that you have received from heaven, that you know it was God and not man, raise both hands and a foot. I don't know about you, but if I were you, this is evidence. Put a smile on your face. He gave one word 14 billion years ago, and that word is still bearing fruit. You know what Isaiah chapter 55 says? The word of God will bear fruit. Here it is. It is the same way with my word. I send it out. It will always produce fruit. It will... It will always produce fruit. I need you to rebuke the devil in your life and tell him, this is the year that word will produce fruit. How many believe that? Oh, I feel this in your family, in your home, in your relationship, in your life. Are you ready for God's word to produce fruit? It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper. 
to the outer edges of the universe in the most difficult hours of your life, God's word will prosper everywhere he sends it. Whatever God's word, whatever word God has placed upon you, there's absolutely nothing that will be able to stop the fulfillment of that word. If you truly believe that, if you believe God is not a liar and the God that said, let there be light, prompting the universe to continue to grow is the same God that designed you and placed a word in you and you're about to see growth, acceleration. You're about to see God's... Am I the only one? You are about, just like the universe is... You are about to grow with the favor and the glory of God like never before. If you believe that, now give God the kind of praise that lets him know that. Somebody lift up your hands. Somebody shout and just repeat after me. Every word will bear fruit. Every word will fulfill the word of God. And it will prosper. Say, it will prosper. It will prosper. I don't know if you're getting this. God's not going to fulfill half his promises. He's going to fulfill all of his promises. All right, imagine if you and I would occupy all of the promises God gave us. Ah, yeah, y'all don't believe that. The universe continues to grow because 14 billion years ago, God said, let there be. And the thing continues to grow. And all the astrophysicists are going like, it shouldn't be growing. There's a force. They call it dark because they can't explain it. They call us crazy because they can't explain us. They call us rigid and archaic and zealots because they can't explain us. We, if they can't explain it, they put dark on it. There's nothing dark about it. It's just one word, one time. Let there be. And he never said, stop being light. You ever play red light, green light when you were growing up? Again, I just aged my Red light, that's the dumbest game you could possibly ever play. Red light, green light, red light, green I mean, are you kidding me? God never red-lighted his purpose in your life. God never put a red light on the calling upon your life. God never put a red light on anything he designed for your life. What does this have to The laws of the universe. What am I speaking? The same laws. Light, the light that the web telescope captured in the outer edges of the universe, putting a time stamp all the way back, the beautiful thing we call the space-time continuum. That beauty is the same thing that, watch this, the light of Jesus, light is a visible manifestation of electricity. Those that know, if you, electric magnetic radiation. That's the technical definition for light. Light is just visible electricity. Electricity is light in a wire. That's what it is. Put light in a wire, that's electricity. And this, the light shows up, and he ends up like that. Look, look, can, just capture this. Steve, where are you? Come up here. In order for me to explain this, and I'm going to land this right now, I have to bring in our, an amazing producer. Give it up to our producer here, producers our television programming. Now, Steve, you also work with electricity, so I, I need you to explain this about this whole Light, which is visible electricity, electric magnetic radiation, yep. and he gets grounded. What in the world does it mean when I say grounded in electrical terms, because we're dealing with light, right. what does that mean? Explain. Okay, so when you build your house and you have your electrical devices, every electrical device has to have a wire connected to a larger copper wire that is connected to a rod, copper rod that goes into the ground so that when you have unwanted surges like a lightning strike or a malfunctioning piece of equipment, instead of that electricity destroying the item or burning your house down, the electricity goes through the path of least resistance into the ground and protects. Wait, stop for a second. If things are not grounded in my house, I could have the most beautiful appliances, the most beautiful television, the most beautiful whatever, and if I don't have a grounded wire, 
what would happen to my stuff in a surge or a storm? Yeah, there'd be, you would blow up, your TV would stop working perhaps, or your house might even burn down if there's nowhere for that electricity to go. So being grounded is not a negative thing. It's a great thing. Safety. Grounded saves you. That's correct. From things blowing up, from things burning up, from things exploding, from things dying. Right, and if I may geek you out a little more, because I know you're geeking out over light, and I, I am too. So think about this for a second. The, the light that comes from the sun, yeah. 93 million miles away, Yes. it comes here on waves, like you said, perpendicular yeah. to the axis of travel. Yes. It does not need a conduit, right? It just gets here. It gets here. It's its own conduit. Yes. But we capture its energy yeah. through something like a solar panel, right. which converts that light energy into electrical energy in a conduit, okay? But it needs to be grounded, otherwise there could be damage. Likewise, the Spirit of God, unlimited power, does not need a conduit. It, it's, it's, he's his own conduit. But if we want to be used by God, we become his conduit. But if we're not grounded in the word, in faith, in prayer. So being grounded is not negative. It's a, it saves you. So this right here is not negative. No. The world says it's negative. Correct. The world wants you up on the stage, on the platform, flying, hype, exuberance, a zillion followers. The world's, but God says if you really want to be thriving, if you really want to, you must be grounded. But, but what if I don't think I need to be grounded? Because if you're not grounded, your dream will blow up. Your purpose will, will, will burn up. Your life may actually be electrocuted. Your destiny may actually die. But, but, but when you're like this, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you've ever been like this, don't whine about it. If you're like that right now in your life, if you say, Pastor Sam, I feel like I'm grounded. I have news for you. It's not the devil trying to hurt you. It's God connecting you to the primary source of... Amen. Are there any grounded people in the house here today? Are there any people here who are grateful that God has grounded you? How many understand that when you're, as, as Steve just said, grounded in the word, grounded in the promises of grounded God. Grounded in prayer. Grounded in prayer. Grounded people will achieve more. Amen. And you gave an example of solar panels. You could put solar panels up. You could have optics and aesthetics. Right. So, you know, some people think they don't need to be grounded. What if you don't think you need to be grounded? So one guy built a big solar farm, solar system, but there's no, no lightning storms. Like in California, when is there ever a thunderstorm? Hardly ever. So like, I, don't, I don't need to ground it because there's no lightning. So a, a little rain came and created static electricity, just like you're rubbing your feet on a carpet, little static electricity, and it created a spark and destroyed the system. And destroyed the entire system. Right. But they thought they were fine. Thought they're fine. We have a bunch of solar panel people who they look like everything's fine. You look at the roof from, from, from top down, it looks great. All the reflection, right? But, but I'm not doing anything dangerous. The environment's fine. Everything's perfect. But if they're not grounded, no matter what the optics may be, no matter what you post on Facebook and Instagram, no matter what your selfie reel may be, if you're not grounded, come that storm or even come static electricity. Yep. A couple of things around you that begin to create some friction. Even you. things around you, people around you begin to create some friction. You may end up losing everything, everything, yep. because you're not grounded. I'm prophesying now. Every single grounded. person here, I'm here to tell you. I, I know some of you have gone, but I thought I had a calling. I have Lord, you gave me a promise 20 years ago, five years ago. I, I, I feel like I'm here. I feel like I'm here. It's, I'm telling you, it's God telling you, I'm not punishing you, baby. I'm solidifying you with the current that has absolutely... You know what God is saying? I've had you here for a while, and you're going to continue to be grounded. But when I tell you to get up, you're not going to get up the way you went down. When I tell you to get up, you're not, you know who was on that ground? Do you know who was on that ground? The same guy who wrote, your grace is sufficient for me. Do you know who was on the ground? The same guy who was possessed with the Holy Spirit and ended up writing, I can do. I can do some things. I can do the majority of things. I can do many. I can do all things through Christ Amen. who gives me strength. Are there any grounded people in this auditorium here? 
Lift up your hands if you're grounded. Lift up your hands really high if you're grounded. Lift up your head if you're grounded. How many are grateful that God disrupted your plans and grounded you? How many couldn't explain it when it happened, but now you look back and you go, I'm grateful he grounded me. How many are super grateful that you're connected to the source that has no limitations and no ends? If that's you, lift up both hands. Who would, I sense the Lord. I sense the Lord. That's you. You look like that. You're about to hear the Holy Spirit say, get up. Look at your neighbor, tell him, get ready to get up. No, no, tell your other neighbor, neighbor, in spite of all you've been through, in spite of everything that came your way, you're still connected. Tell them you're still connected. You're still connected to the source that has no end. And get ready. You are about to get up and shine for the glory of Jesus like you've never shined before. Somebody prays like you're about to shine. Lift up both hands. If your family's been grounded, if your home has been grounded, if your purpose, if you feel like you've been grounded, but you're saying, I, I know that, I know that, I know that the same God who did it for him is doing it for me. I know I'm about to get up, I'm about to shine. I've been through so much. Oh man, I couldn't explain it. It wasn't God punishing me. It was God preparing me and connecting me, connecting me to him. Look at this posture. It makes no sense. Look, look, look electric magnetic radiation coming out of the Son of Man, the Son of God, prompted this human being to be grounded. Oh, I'm protecting the dream and the purpose I have. How do we know this? He actually said it in Galatians. Lift up your hands. He actually said in Galatians, when I encountered Jesus, I discovered, he said, I, when he encountered Jesus, that Damascus, I discovered that before I was born, here it is, Galatians 1, but even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Then it pleased him to reveal his son, that's the day it happened, to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to Gentiles. And when this happened, I did not rush out to consult with any human being. When God did this, he didn't get up and ask people, is it all right for me to, is it all right for me to be here? Is it? Is it all right for me to be here? Is it all right for me to somehow be in this posture? He never asked permission. You don't need to give anyone any explanation. There, there are people that cannot explain the process. There are people that will never understand how God is doing it in your life. Matter of fact, certain people think God has to do it the same way in every single life. You, you need to look at them and say, stop judging me. I'm a work in progress. God is doing something in my life. We're done. Lift up your hands. He said that when he encountered Jesus, he discovered that before he was born, before he was born, God ordained him, chose him. He discovered his real purpose on the day he hit the ground. It was the beginning of his journey. Oh, I don't know if you're getting this. I did not rush out to consult with any human being. I don't need anyone's approval of what God is doing in me. Lift up your hands. This is surrenderance. Look at this position. I don't want to be presumptuous, Steve. I'm going to ask here. If you've ever been here, literally, physically, spiritually, mentally, raise one hand. Have you ever been in a place of complete surrenderance where you literally gave up everything and said, that's it, I'm done? Has anyone ever been in a place where you literally went, I'm done? Has anyone ever been here? If you've been here, raise one hand. If you've been here more than once, raise two hands. If you've been here on so many accounts, you've lost count, raise both hands and a foot. How many have ever said, Pastor Sam, I'm tired of being there. I'm tired of falling. You know what Proverbs says? The righteous. The righteous. 
although a righteous person may fall seven times, he gets somebody praise like you got back up again. Lift up your hands if you got back up again. Somebody worship like you got back up again. Stand with me. The moment, the moment God showed up, I love that. He was grounded. If you're not grounded, you're vulnerable to an electric surge, to electrocution, to being shocked, to turmoil, disaster. God is not grounding you to punish you, to punish you. God grounds you to protect you, to protect purpose, to protect the calling. God's electromagnetic radiation will ground you in order to save you. God designed you, he defines you. He develops you, he destined you, he defends you. Get grounded, get grounded. When God favors you, stay grounded. Keep your, you've heard that adage, a great English colloquialism, your feet to the ground, stay grounded, even if you're fine. I'm, I'm a sports guy, so I, I'm a Yankee fan, and uh, four or five generations deep now, and Matt Carpenter is a, is a born-again Christian who went down to triple-A ball, played great for the Cardinals, got hurt. His swing was off, so he desired, went back to triple-A, got his swing back. He is killing it for the Yankees. Now, they brought him in for a day. He ends up staying for the season, and now he's one of the reasons. They're the top team in Major League Baseball. Yesterday, he hit two more home runs. Every time this guy hits a home run, he gets grounded. He gives God the glory. He just says, to glory be to God. He knows where his strength comes from. I, you want to hear this? True story. That's how I knew this word was for today. Yesterday, I'm watching the game, Nate. I'm watching the game against the Red Sox, arch rivals. And I already wrote the sermon. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the game, the commentator says this. says, ooh, do you know what Matt did before the game? This is, I already wrote the sermon. And it's called Grounded, More Grounded. The commentator says... Oh, this Matt Carpenter. Before the game, he did something interesting. He took off his shoes and his socks. And he walked around the field. And he asked him why he wanted to be grounded. I went, oh, you, are you kidding me? He just wanted to be grounded. He wanted to be connected to the ground because being connected will reduce the swelling in his ankles and his feet. And he just walked around barefoot here he is in Yankee Stadium with his feet to the ground like a madman because he just wants to stay grounded. I'm prophesying to you right now and declaring God's about to take you to a different place. He's about to blow up your world. That's not hype. The dream that he placed in you will become a reality as you pursue righteousness, doing the will of God. But you must stay grounded. As God takes you from one level of glory to the next, make sure you never think it was you. Make sure you never think it was the people around you. Stop saying, I had the right connections. No, the reason you get up there is because you started right there. Are you with me right now? Stay grounded. Stay grounded. Get up here, Saul. Get up. You ready? Oh, you know his friends were here. His acquaintances were with him. Yeah, his acquaintances were there. And when they, he, he got blinded and then so they had a, here, take me by the hand. Let me take you. Make sure you're surrounded by people. Make sure that you're surrounded by people that just don't let you get up and stumble. Make sure you're surrounded by the kind of people that say, I don't know what just happened to you I didn't, because I didn't, I heard some stuff, but I didn't see anything. So you said you saw something. I'm going to believe you. I don't, I'm not doubting you. But if you need, here, until you get your sock back, I'm going to take you by the hand. You, there are people that when you fell, they left you. There are people that when you were on the ground, they abandoned you. No, no, no. Can you thank God for the kind of people that said, I don't understand everything that happened in your life. But I'm going to walk with you until you get there. Aren't you grateful for people that walked with you until you got there? I'm done as you stand with me. Avoid what is known out there in the digital world as energy vampires. Avoid people that suck and drain 
the purpose out of your life. People that all of, listen, you don't have to respond to every text message. You're not obligated to respond to every text message. A couple of weeks ago, I saw something in, my, in one of my DMs that came in. And I have people that manage that stuff for me. I have a lot of, so, but I, I, I was, I was for, for whatever reason, I just by coincidence saw a message. And honest to God, didn't even read it. I even told my wife, the Holy Spirit told me, don't open it. Holy Spirit, I don't even know if it was, what? Holy Spirit told me, don't open it, don't open it, don't open it, don't open it. So I used the power of the algorithm of Facebook, and I just went, delete, block, boom, gone. As you get up, as you get up, still grounded, as you get up, avoid people that will drain what God connected you to. Avoid them. Don't answer that text. Don't answer that DM. Surround yourself with people that will take your hand and join you along the journey until you see everything that God purposed for your life. If you got this word, raise your right hand. Heavenly Father, seal this word in every mind, body, soul, and spirit. There are people here who have been grounded for years, some for months, and now they know it wasn't you punishing them. It was you solidifying them to the fullness of the source that is the finished work of Christ. Jesus Christ is our everything. He is the source of our strength, our joy, our peace, our hope. He is my dream. He is my purpose. He is my passion. He is my promise. In Him we live. In Him we move. In Him we have our being. Christ is our everything. Thank you for grounding us today. As we promise that we will be grounded in your word, we're going to grow in your word, grounded in prayer, grounded in hearing your spirit every single day of our lives. We will live a life grounded because we want more of you. If you come in agreement with the prayer your pastor just made, finally, give him the best shout of praise you've given him all that. Please tell your neighbor, high five them, tell them, I'm grounded and I'm blessed. Tell your other neighbor, I'm grounded and I'm blessed. I'm grounded and I'm blessed. The same guy on the ground is the same guy who wrote, nothing can separate me from the love of God. I am more than a conqueror. Oh, I love that. Same guy on the ground. Same guy on the ground. Oh, close your eyes for a second. I just sense a move of the Spirit real quick. We're going to wrap up here quick. We are done preaching. I sense the Holy Spirit here. I sense God. That light that showed up was so powerful that it literally blinded Paul. It blinded him. He, he got up, but he couldn't see a thing. Do you realize the last thing that Paul saw in context of Christianity with his physical eyes was in Acts chapter 7, two chapters prior, when he saw Stephen martyred. Now you missed it. What he saw was so horrific, so egregious, so terrible that God said, what you saw was so bad, I'm going to blind you to your past. So the next time you open up your eyes, you will have a new vision for the future. And there comes a time where God will blind you to your past, where you have no idea where you're going, where you have to be surrounded by the right kind of people who will guide you to the place that God already ordained for you to step into. You are who surrounds you, especially in this season where you have no idea where you're going, but He does. And you have to trust God. And I just sense in my spirit someone like that right here, right now in this auditorium. And you're going, Pastor Sam, I have no idea where I'm going this season. I have no idea, but you're telling me that I just, I just sense God. I sense the spirit of God taking you by the hand and saying, I got you. Walk with me. Just trust me. Let me lead you. Let me lead you. I sense the spirit of the Lord. You have to play that. Say that, say that, say that, say that, say that. Say it, say it, say it. Go, 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 go. Yeah.
Lift up your hands. you just preached me that's me I don't know necessarily where I'm going but I'm trusting God that it was his light that grounded me I'm just going to hold on to his promises if that's you right now where you're at just this is kind of crazy thing we don't usually do this but if that's you I dare you I challenge you to come out of your seat walk up to this stage right now walk up to the stage and see the fullness of God's purpose released for your life. Go ahead. I dare you to walk out of your now and step into your next. Do it now. I sense God. This is it right here. Right here. Close your eyes, Sean. You gotta trust me, man. Give me your hand. Just trust me. I got you. It's that. Do you trust God? Even when life makes no sense. Do you trust God when you have no idea what's before you? Do you trust God? There is a season where God will blind you to your past in order to give you a vision for your future. And in that season, you must learn to trust the hand that leads you, the hand that guides you. So you're in this stage right here. Your church, stretch out your hands. I sense the Lord. It is that day. What was the last thing you saw? What was the last image? that engraved and permeated and marked you? What was the last thing that attempted to define you? And God says, I'm going to blind you to that pain. I'm going to blind you to that trauma. I'm going to blind you to that moment. I'm going to blind you in order to give you a new vision. I'm going to ground you with my light. I'm going to sustain you with my hand. And when you open up your eyes, you're going to see a new version of you. You're going to see a new version of you. And that new version of you will change the world around you. Heavenly Father, right now, every single person, this altar is packed out with people who need to see something new. So today we are grounded in your word. We are grounded in your promises. We are grounded in the finished work of Christ. We are grounded in forgiveness, mercy, love. The fact that you love us, you love that man. He was responsible for the death of Christians. Not only did you forgive him, you restored him, you renewed him, you made him new. And because of that man, to a great degree, we're in this auditorium because we're Gentiles. Thank you. And the same God who did it for Saul is the same God that will do it for us. That you never change. Heavenly Father, right now, we are all grounded in your presence this very moment. And today, we stretch out our hands and we say, Jesus, take me by your hand. 
I don't want to go where I want to go. I want to go where you want me to go. Thank you for disrupting my plans, for interrupting my destiny, for you guiding me in your God-ordained destiny and purpose rather than my perceived interpretation of destiny. Thank you that you are the God that said, let there be light, and that light continues to grow and shine, that your word will always bear fruit. Thank you, God, that you are the God that rectifies the thing, not in a distant future, but you do it right now. Thank you for grounding me, because in your presence, holding on to you, as for me and my house, we will fly. In Jesus' name. If you receive this, repeat after me. I receive this word. I'm holding on to Jesus. I'm grounded in Christ. Grounded in his word. Grounded in his spirit. The Holy Spirit is my guide. I will open up my eyes. I will see the glory of Jesus in me, with me, and through me. In Jesus' name. Give God a shout of praise in this place. We're done. Everyone who came up on the stage, I want you to hear me. Your eyes are going to open up. What you're going to see is the glory of God shining upon you. You're not going to see any more of that which you saw in the past. You're going to see some amazing things in your life. I'm not saying you're never going to go through storms. It doesn't matter because if you go through storms, your appliances will not burn out. You get me? Your dream is not going to burn out. Your purpose, your anointing, your calling. Why? Because you're what? I can't hear you, sorry. You're what? You're what? You're what? The gates of hell will never prevail against us because we are grounded. Hey, if you got this word, go like this. If you really got it and God spoke to you like loud, raise both hands. Every word, every word God ever gave you will bear fruit. Even years later, 13.8 billion years, <laughs> and it's still, whoo. I love that.